Welcome to Coffee with Kay, where we're going to make sure the coffee is always served strong, but it's also going to come with a side of truth, and that's truth with a capital T, the truth of God, that is. I'm here to equip and encourage you, saint. Yep, that's right, you. And if you're not familiar with the sainthood, I want to teach you what it is, and I want to invite you to the family. So let's get right into it. Hey, Samuel, welcome to Coffee with Kay. How are you today? Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Man, thank you so much for making time to come on the podcast and share your story and just hang out with me today. I have spent the morning, well, the entire day with toddlers. So it is really nice to have some adult interaction. That's absolute for sure. I can't imagine. <laughs> I worked for kids for maybe around two years, and that was not the best experience for me. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> hey, well, that's a long time. Way to go. Well, we're just going to get right into it. So if you guys follow me on Instagram, I have talked about Samuel fairly often, shared some of his podcasts and my stories. Um, I got to be a guest on his podcast. I believe that was last month, and if not the month before, I don't really remember now, but we, I found Samuel on YouTube. He had a testimony shared on his pod, on his YouTube channel um, about how he came out of the homosexual lifestyle and began following Jesus, and I was like, what? <laughs> I, I literally have only known of, of one person to have done this which is Jackie Hill Perry. You probably know who Jackie Hill Perry is. Um, And so just seeing that there was somebody my age in my generation that had gone through this and came out believing in the Lord, I was so excited. So I sent him a message and got to get to know him and hear his story more and start following his, his feeds. And let me tell you, this guy is a man after God's heart. So I want you to share some of your testimony with us, Samuel, just, you know, whatever you feel led to share, and you are allowed to give as many seamless plugs as you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I mean, my story, I feel like it's only unique because so many people don't speak about the things that they have are going through or have gone through. Um, But, you know, when God was creating me, he knew I was going to be a talker. He knew that I was going to share everything with everyone. And so I do believe that's why he took me through kind of like all the my journey that I went through, you know, through hell and back. um, And so that I could talk about it, um, because just like you said, like there's so many people out there who aren't talking about um, same sex attracted individuals, um, people who um, experience temptation in that way or who have walked in the gay lifestyle so heavily and come out of it. Um, I can only really think of, you know, Jackie Hill Perry, my friends, um, Angel and Lewis, who were part of the night, the post nightclub shooting um, and came out of that, you know, um, there's people like Jeffrey McCall. So, you know, there's, there's so many individuals that changed movements. Um, These are people in the Freedom March, um, just going to plug them all in there, because these are all individuals who are just like me, but um, definitely 
I think I am the youngest one <laughs> to be talking about these types of things. And I'm also a very open uh, with my journey. And I think that's the only thing that makes me really all that special. <laughs> I'm just like filling in a gap uh, that nobody has really filled in before. Um, and it's it's nice to do that. You know, um, I, one, of, one of my goals is to be able to reach uh, this new generation. Um, and I'm not old enough uh, to be discredited by the new generation, but I'm also not super young to be a part of it. Uh, this is, what is a generation uh, Z? And so um, my, my goal is to continue to make uh, YouTube videos and to talk about my testimony and TikToks and all those different things so that they so that people out there know that you know that you don't have to live in the homosexual lifestyle if you don't want to um, take part in that life. That there is um, a way out, I believe, um, that it's you can you can make a choice for yourself on what you want to do with your life. It doesn't necessarily have to be what other people have um, done before you and you can make a new, a new path with God and you can have a relationship with God. And I believe that he wants a lot of LGBTQ individuals to have relationship with him and to be able to cast their burdens and the things that they're going through, um, unto him. And so a little bit of my testimony really is just, um, I grew up uh, very different from people. And by the way, guys, if you, I'm not going to give my full testimony in details. It's really long. But if you want to watch it, um, it's on YouTube. And I believe it's titled, you know, Gay Stripper Turned Jesus Freak or something like that. It's like very clickbaity. And um, I'm very aware. <laughs> I, I do a lot of things that are very clickbaity to get people's attention so that they can really hold on to the message. And the message is Jesus, you know, not really so much myself. Um, but you know, we, this is the reality of the world that we live in. You know, we have to get, capture people's attention and try to pull them in some way to, to get them to Jesus. So, um, you can check out my testimony on YouTube in full detail. I think it's around 45 minutes long. Um, and I also have some stuff on TikTok and stuff, uh, but I, I, like my YouTube is Samuel Abraham Perez. If you put in my name, you'll find me right away. I also have a website that is, uh, Samuel Abraham Perez.com. Um, and my TikTok is Samuel Abraham P, I think, and just like my Instagram. So um, a little bit of, of my testimony is just that um, I, I grew up in the church. I grew up Christian. I had a, a very strong love for the Lord. Um, but at the same time, I had all these feelings. Um, and I don't really know why I have these feelings. Um, I'm sure it's psychological. Um, I never had or experienced any type of trauma, any SA, as they would say it on TikTok. Um, so I never experienced that. Um, I think it was just, it had a lot to do with my interpersonal connections between my friendships and then also my family members. Um, and so I did eventually develop feelings for other men in my life. One of them being, um, around the time that I was in middle school and, um, and to my best friend. And then that was kind of the, the time that I came out of the closet ultimately. And that was really crazy, especially for my family who were, you know, very religious Christians, you know, evangelical Christians. And, um, and yeah, and so I went through a, a very long journey of, of, of figuring out, you know, who I was. Um, and I, I felt like I had to accept that the fact that I was gay and that I liked other men and, and there was really nothing that I was going to be able to do, um, to, uh, to fight against that, you know, that was like my whole identity. It was, you know, I'm attracted to men and, and I'm, I'm also very creative and these, and being creative is, you know, kind of like a side effect of also, you know, having same sex attraction for some reason, like men, masculinity, we can't be creative. We can't show our feelings. Um, we can't like the color pink, 
Um, <laughs> another reason why I do so much that I do, I like a rainbow behind me, like pink and, and baby blue. You know, I do these so we can really get away from the traditional and religious ideas of just that we have to follow this type of masculinity standard, um, that we our masculinity really is in the Lord, and that's it. So I went through... Um, I went through a very difficult time trying to find myself. Um, the church wasn't helpful at all. <laughs> and they were they were not helpful, no. not one bit. Um, every yeah. time I would just, I would, I think I, I actually, I, yeah, I went to a conference um, that was in, I, I believe, Virginia or South Virginia or something like that. I don't know. Um, and it was an Exodus conference. And it was one of those, what they would call um, conversion, you know, uh, conferences. Oh wow! Um, it was yeah. It was part of like the Exodus ministry, um, and I had a delightful time. Even myself, who did not want to accept um, uh, that I had to change at that time, um, I didn't go through anything traumatic. I didn't like there was nothing. It was mo- mostly just like sermons and nothing crazy. And people who genuinely just wanted to change themselves, you know. Um, do I feel that they had the best motives? Mm. Uh, probably not, you know, some of the leadership, but I feel like the majority of the people who were attending were, um, were uh, pure in their, in their thoughts and, and what they wanted for themselves. But I, I intended that. So was that, and then, um, mm-hmm. sorry, was that when you were younger that you went to that conference or when you were older? Yeah, I was about, um, I would say 16, I think I, I, I was a sophomore in high school during that time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after after I had um, done that conference um, and, and many other things and really trying to uh, find my place in, in my religion as a Christian, I uh, ultimately decided that I was just going to be myself and I was going to accept myself and no matter what the my family was saying, no matter what the church was saying, um, that I wanted to just find myself, you know, and find who I was, you know, away from people's opinions about me. And, and so that led to me really trying everything that I possibly could and really indwelling myself within that lifestyle, that homosexual lifestyle. So um, I tried a lot of things. And, um, you know, one of the things that I noticed right off the bat was that um, the LGBT community is not anything like what it looks like on the movies. I grew up like watching Sex and City and, you know, like a bunch of different stuff like that. And um, where it was a, a very hopeless, romantic um, gay man who wanted to go into a marriage and have a relationship and um, was looking for love and all the wrong places, you know. And when I when I really did go into that LGBT community, it was nothing like that. It was sex obsessed, drug obsessed, um, me, me, me. Everyone was um, so self-centered. Um, I had a horrible experience, even in the way that I lost my virginity. You know, um, the guy who I actually lost my virginity to um, the first time, and I say it like that, you know, because it was the first yeah. time I had sex. Um, the first time that that ever happened, like he he left me um, not even three days later. I had a horrible mm. fever. I was very sick with, um, uh, I believe it was mono maybe something that he had ultimately given me. Um, And so, yeah, and I had just, I had experiences like this just over and over and over with so many men to the point where I was really looking for love because that's what I was raised in. Like it was like monogamous relationships. I I wanted to have a little bit of my cake and eat it too. You know, I wanted to have um, the standard and the morality that Jesus offered 
but I also wanted to have a, a twisted perversion of it in my own thoughts because I didn't really understand how to do other, any other thing, you know. So um, after after all that, um, I ended up leaving Miami because I thought it was really toxic and the people here were very toxic. And I went over to New York City, which is someplace I always wanted to live. I was obsessed with New York. And I lived there for about eight months. And that's when I really got into the queer community because I personally, a lot of people think I'm um, homophobic, uh, but it's actually, I'm very, like, I was very queer friendly. Like, I I didn't like the homophobia side of LGBTQ, you know, community. Like, I didn't like the masculine men who were like, oh, that's too gay for me. Like, I love drag queens. I love trans. I love, like, people expressing themselves and makeup and dresses and, like, you know, really breaking the boundaries of 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 everything in society. Like, I, I'm, I'm the type of person that I like to break mm. concepts. So I like to, like, if we have a societal standard or a concept in society, like, I want to break that so much to reveal what's really behind that and the root of that. I even do that today in Christianity. That's you what I do I for teachings. You and I relate to that in that way. I just break... Yeah, I, I break <laughs> concepts. Like, I'm just like, I, I, I take the Bible and I start studying the Bible and I start saying, okay, where is religion and tradition and where is, you know, the actual teachings of Jesus? Why do we do what we do? So in the same way, I was like that in the queer community and um, I dove head in and that's when I began my career or my job as a stripper and I went all out on that. I always say like, I always say this, I'm like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to the fullest extent. So if I'm going to be um, right. <laughs> a slut, I'm going to be the world's biggest slut. Oh, That's no. what it's going to be. So, um, and so I did the same thing with, you know, stripping. I was like, I'm going to be the best stripper that Manhattan has ever seen. Even though I didn't have the most amazing body or anything like that, um, I was like, the sky's the limit with me. So um, after doing that for around eight months, um, I just really saw just some things and experienced things. And I, my self-esteem took a, a toll. You know, um, there's so much to that, but I get into detail on my YouTube. And I ultimately left New York City after just not being happy for a very long time um, and just hooking up with men and trying to find a relationship and um, just letting my morals slip and slip and, um, little by little, but at the whole time, you know, I was, I was still, con I considered myself a Christian. I, I went to church every Sunday. Um, I tried to make time for God. I prayed every single night and I, I really genuinely believed that there was a God and that Jesus was my savior. I just didn't know how to make him Lord of my life. Um, and I'm so glad that he was very patient with me during those times. And he was so merciful, um, because he really could have, um, just, let me gone into all that world and and release me but i'm just remembering the parable of um the shepherd and and like uh i believe it's the i forget i forget it's like a matthew 19 matthew 18 where he talks about how he leaves the 99 for the one yeah and so um that's that's exactly what jesus did for me he he really left all the, the religion, the traditions of people who were his for the person who was running away from him. Um, and so I'm so grateful for him um, during that time. And so I left New York, went to work at a cruise ship, um, traveled the world, was living this amazing life that everyone was super jealous of, like seeing the world, Australia, Fiji, like 
all of uh, wow. parts that I'd never even experienced meeting people, different cultures, Russian, Indian, uh, uh, people from Thailand, you know, just so many different cultures. But at the end of the day, I was still so alone and still so empty and there was nothing that could really fulfill me. So I ended up moving back in with my parents after I didn't even complete my contract, which was six months. Um, oh, wow. I only did two months. Oh, <laughs> and no. so I went to... Um, I went back to Miami and then that's when I hit a really deep depression and just hit really hit rock bottom. And, um, and that's when I find I, I really was able to let go of my life. And, and when I heard Jesus, the clearest and with such clarity, um, that I offered him my life. And I said, you know, God, if you are real and if you exist, um, I want you to prove it to me. And he did the very next day, um, by removing my depression um, and I submitted and surrendered in my life. And then that was like a process in of its own and becoming the man of God that I am today. So that's a little bit of my testimony. Praise God. And when was that, that Jesus really captured your heart and brought you to the cross? Um, I think it was a process. Like I remember, um, the day I asked him to reveal himself to me. Um, that was, you know, instantaneous. The very next day, he totally revealed himself um, by taking away my depression. I was so depressed. I was suicidal, actually. Oh, man. I, I didn't even want to wake up in the morning. Hmm. And um, he took all of that away, all those feelings away, and he made me feel like I wanted to live life again. And so I surrendered to him then. then. But then it was a three-month process of figuring out whether or not God wanted me still in the same sex uh, lifestyle. And um, ultimately, I came into the decision after research and research and, and you know, convictions from the Holy Spirit um, that he did not want me in that lifestyle anymore um, and that he wanted me fully for himself. He he wanted me to be totally in love with him and to choose him and to see him as that man that I had so looked for for such a long time um, to see him as my bride. I mean, my bridegroom, <laughs> my husband, really. <laughs> So I am the bridegroom. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yes. yeah, that was like a three month process. And how old were you when that, when that happened? I was around 22 years old and I'm 25 now. So it's been around four years, which is crazy to me. Uh, yeah. And the Lord has done so much in this four years. Um, and I'm smiling because life has just been so good. You know, it's been it's been really That's good. So amazing. I think that is oh man, I, I just resonate with that so much. Even starting from so I honestly I don't know if I remembered that you worked for a cruise line. Um and one of my like pivotal moments where I just realized how far gone I was, I was on a college trip to the Mediterranean in Europe. And it's, you know, it's like a, the pinnacle of being able to travel outside of the country. It was something my parents had always wanted for me. And I worked so hard to get there. I mean, I don't even know how I survived that semester because all my money went towards paying for this ticket. And I remember I was on the coast of Italy and I was looking out into the Mediterranean Sea. Um, I was in Cinque Terre, so... One of those like beautiful, colorful houses in shops are that you see in the pictures. And it's like alongside the mountain and it's just gorgeous. I was there and I was looking out 
And I was like, wow, is this really all there is to life? And it hit me so hard because here I was thousands of miles away from home and my problems and my girlfriend and, you know, the the reputation I built up. And I was still so lonely and miserable. And I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe it because when I feel like when you're living without God, like you're saying, that is the job of a lifetime. Like that is, that is such an awesome job to have. Um, but then to be able to, to take in and recognize those, um, those emotions that it's still not fulfilling. There's still something missing. Um, yeah. and I, that's just so special yeah. that like God ministered to you in that way. Yeah, I feel you 100%. Like I remember um, just traveling on the cruise ship and just seeing the most beautiful views. I mean, I'm talking about, there was this one island. I I think it was called the Queen's Island or something like that. It was a spot that um, Queen Elizabeth um, had visited on her uh, touring of the world or something like that. And it was this really beautiful um, island. Uh, she had honeymooned there. It was so beautiful. I mean, the mountains, just like the greenery, like, and it was the water was like, it was like the water in my like water bottle, (laughs) you know, like it was so clear. Yes, it was, it was so beautiful. And I remember just thinking to myself, like, Mm. is this all there is to, you know, like, I'm like, you know, this may be beautiful, but it's like, is there anything to this, you know, like, um, I can, I was just so empty and, and depressed, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, this is a beautiful view. Everyone wants to be here, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's going mm-hmm. to fade away, you know, like I'm not going to live forever. And, um, and eventually this too, you know, might be destroyed by, um, a, a, a natural disaster, you know, like just things, right. things fade, you know, uh, it's Ecclesiastes that says, you know, the beauty of the world, you know, everything fades. It's just like, like a, like a fire um, lit on a match, you know, mm-hmm. it blows away, you know? So things are so temporary. And in my mind, I always thought in that same way as well. I'm like, well, this is, this is temporary too. You know, is there more to life than this? So I, I totally relate. And that was one of the reasons why I felt so empty, even in my dream job, like seeing yeah. all of this stuff, because everybody wants to travel, you know, everyone wants yep. to see the world and, and do that. And they find so much fulfillment in that. And I'm like, oh, I did that. And you know, I was like, it was cool, but it's like, you know, eventually it does get old. Yeah, it does. And so I think that is so interesting. Here we are. So I was I was 17 to 19 when I went through um, fully embracing um, a lesbian identity. And so we were probably, you know, you were younger when you started kind of accepting that identity. But I think it is so interesting how those late teen, early 20 years there's just this incredibly unique opportunity to see the world for what it is. And it makes me think I, so in all honesty, I am not super great at memorizing scripture. I can tell you like pieces and parts, but I can never always remember where they're at, but I've been praying and like working on it for years. But I just think how um, there's a scripture that says that God does reveal himself to all his creation. And so that you can look around and and know that he is real, that there was somebody that created this. And I just think how in in my youth, I felt like I had everything I could have wanted. I had a great job in school. I had a lot of friends. I had this wonderful girlfriend or whatever. We were 
you know, it was not a good relationship. We've talked about that on your podcast, um, healing from the PTSD that I was left with from that relationship. Um, but from the outside, I mean, it looked perfect. Everything looked great. And even being able to, um, have this opportunity to go on this trip and study uh, abroad for, you know, a little while, like that is something that every kid in college, you know, really looks forward to. And I just think it's so interesting that we would, we were chasing all of these so-called dreams, but they still weren't fulfilling and that God really showed us that. And I think it's so unique that we paid attention to that. Um, because that as soon after I came back to the States was when I um, really started transitioning out of that lifestyle and seeking the Lord more. Um, so I think I came back home in January. I broke up with my girlfriend in February. Um, and I started going to church the next week. And it was it was a nine month process for me between that moment where I was out in the Mediterranean and I realized God is real. There's more to life and I'm missing all of it. And I want it. Um, Having that moment to having, you know, like, I think it was a month later. um, So I went to, I was going to this church. I was visiting a church a lot with my roommate, my old roommate, And I was so low and so down and depressed. um, And I was just seeking, like, I just, I needed something. um, And I knew that the world couldn't offer it. But I had always known, like, if you were in suffering or in need, go to church. So I went to church. And um, the pastor connected me with this woman who started mentoring me. And she offered, she, she offered the gift of life to me. So she asked me if I believed in Jesus. She explained who he was. She explained the gospel, how Jesus came to this earth as an infant. He was born. He lived. He had a living ministry. He died on the cross for our sins and all sins of man for eternity. And he rose again and ascended into heaven and is coming back. So she explained that to me. And then she said, do you believe And Jesus, do you believe that he is real? Do you want to ask him into your heart? And I was like, yes, please. Just, I like, I know this is real. I don't know why I know. I don't know anything about the Bible, but I just know. And so I said, yes. And the interesting thing is my ex-girlfriend said yes too. Um, But she stayed where she was and continued to deny the Lord. Uh, But then I just, I kept going. And so then it was about July or August when I like, fully accepted salvation when I had that moment like you shared of um, have asking the Holy Spirit and God into my heart and like professing that I truly believe and I want God, I want Jesus, I want to know him. Um, and he delivering on that promise. And then it was like, probably another like two to three months to really like working out my sin and you know, testing my boundaries and trying to mature because it's, you really kind of are an infant in those first stages and those first days and weeks and months, nothing really makes sense. You just know that there's something bigger and there's something better and greater. And I don't know how to explain it to you. I just know his name is Jesus. (laughs) Um, And I look crazy right now. I know I do, but one day like this will make sense to you. 
Um, and so it's so beautiful looking back and, you know, being you, you, that was four years ago for you. It's like eight years ago for me. Um, and just seeing how God has really continued to shape us and, and mold us coming out of those traumas and those frames of thinking. Um, so something that I think is so interesting, uh, I get a lot of questions from friends about if there is somebody that has come to their church that is, you know, um, not a closeted homosexual or that is, you know, married and has a partner and they come to their church or join their small group. Um, I've had people ask me, what do I say to them? <laughs> and I just always think that's so interesting because I tell them, well, what do you say to anybody else who comes to your church or is asking um, to know Jesus or, you know, X, Y, Z, no matter what they look like or don't look like, well, what do you tell them? And they say, well, I tell them the gospel. And I say, okay, great. Well, there's your answer. Go tell them the gospel. You don't have to make it any different. (laughs) So I was wondering, picking up on where you left off in your story, what was it like for you to now start transitioning into the Christian lifestyle um, and, and learning the faith, learning the Bible, learning where your true identity lies, leaving behind your old identity. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, I can totally relate to a lot of areas in your story specifically, um, especially when you talked about your ex-girlfriend um, making the same decision as you. Um, it's crazy because when I actually was on my process of really accepting Jesus into my life, Um, I remember I was at a conference with the church that I was going to at the time. It was like one of those really big mega churches. And and my friend was with me and we both encountered the Lord, you know, so heavy that night. And we got in our cars. um, Well, actually, we shared a car. I was dropping her off. And um, in the car, we just we sat in the car and we talked about God for like an hour and 30 minutes, something like that. And I had never done that before. I had never talked about God that intensely with anyone. And it was so awesome to experience this with my friend who I had been friends with uh, in college. And, you know, we had um, we had a falling out here and there, but it was cool that, you know, she was with me for this. And um, and we sat there, we talked about the Lord. And I, I, I turned to her and I said, you know, I really want to make this decision in my life. And she said, I want to make this decision mm-hmm. in my life, too. I was like, well, you know what? I think I'm going to like leave behind everything. Like at the time I had like sort of a boyfriend that was on and off and um, I still had, you know, grinder and a bunch of other things. And I said, I'm going to like commit myself to like really letting go to these types of things. And she, she had a boyfriend as well, Yeah. you know, and, um, and they were obviously doing stuff that was not, (laughs) you know, right. You know, premarital marriage, premarital sex and all that stuff. And so, and and the boyfriend, I don't believe, wanted anything to do with mm. God either. Um, and I understood the struggle that she faced because she basically uh, was like, oh, I want to be able to like, change my man. I want to be able to like have him join me on this journey. But that's just not really the way that it works with God. You know, it's like when yeah. you encounter God, you, you right. cannot try to help others to encounter God with you. You know, like 
all you can do is, especially in the beginning when you're a baby Christian, like all you can do is take care of yourself first, you know, in the Lord. And people are going to be convicted and they're going to want to follow the God that you serve based on your actions of surrendering everything. Um, but if if you don't believe in, in really walking with the Lord, um, then you're not going to really surrender all those things. So I surrendered my relationship. I surrendered the grinder. I, I made huge life choices. And it was sad for me to see my friend not make those life choices as well. She stayed in the relationship. And to this day, um, she's very successful in what she does. Um, but I haven't heard that she is like walking with the Lord in the same way that I have. And it's really weird when you can kind of look back and see, wow, you know, she had the same dreams, the same ambitions as me. She had um, the same drive to want to love God, but we took two totally different roads and I'm here and she's there, you know, and it looks very different. So I think, um, I think our choices and the choices that we make uh, is huge Mm -mm. and uh, we really do have to surrender everything. So um, I feel you and, and totally can relate to you and your girlfriend's situation, you know, you made it out, but she didn't. Um, I made it out. My my best friend at the time, she didn't, yeah. you know. Um, it's not that she isn't a Christian or anything like that, because she definitely experienced God. Um, but it's just like our lives look so different from that point. And um, I can look back and say, I've really changed in my journey yeah. because of God, not because of my strength or anything I did, um, because of his mercy, even to be able to follow him. Um, but her life, looks exactly the same (laughs) and that's just that's the truth you know um and of course in those types of relationships uh, um, i'm not really that close of a friend with her anymore um because when when you do follow god there's going to be people who are going to either help you to sprint or are gonna slow you down and um and yeah i tried to help her to sprint with me you know in the beginning but it was something that she didn't want me to do anymore. And so um, that's just a reality. But I I related to that. And then also what you said about um, how was my experience coming into it, you know, first with the church and if I had mentorship like you did. And I didn't at all. Like um, the church was very nasty to me um, in my situation. And um, I don't really like I'm not a victim from that either. <laughs> like I I'm so glad I went through everything that I went through because if I had not gone through that, I would not be where I am today. You know, um so I'm glad that I went through those things and it put a fire under my belly to realize, you know, there's people out there like me who are in the church who don't have anyone who understand them and um there's no one fighting for them and if those things had not happened to me, I would have just stayed within my church, kept my mouth shut, never did a podcast, never did a YouTube um i've been happy in the little congregation and never moved from there you know um but the lord's plan was so much better he saw my willingness um to really follow him and he decided to use me um to speak into the lives of all those who feel abandoned or rejected or i'm um, not helped within the traditional church and so that's my goal today um because i didn't receive that in the beginning of my walk hey coffee with k listener i hope you enjoyed this episode We're going to pause it here and pick up in Coffee with Kay and Samuel Perez, part two, in our next episode.